So again, good morning. Praise the Lord. Gives us a new day to praise Him. You know, just uh, uh, before I start preaching on this gospel, uh, the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, you know, when we're singing, this is something God put on my heart. Last weekend, I was coming in, and as I was singing, um, I had my hymn on hand, and I was singing the song, and I was just realizing that I'm singing, but I'm not really singing with all the strength in my soul. And I was watching this, uh, this mystic who was showing what happens at Mass. Um, there's little books we gave a long time ago. There's actually an animation on that actual vision that that mystic had of what happens at Mass for real. And the guardian angel of the person was coaching them in how to participate fully in the Mass. And one of the things when they were singing the Gloria, the angel would say to the person, you are his creation. Sing with all the strength in your soul. And that keeps coming back to my mind as I was singing the Gloria here. I just thought, I'm his creation. I want to sing to him with all my soul and strength. So when we're singing the songs, maybe keep that in mind as your angel saying, you're his creation. Sing to him. Love him. Adore him. See, a lot of healing, a lot of deliverance, a lot of freedom, a lot of grace comes when we get our mind off ourselves and put it back on the Lord. And this is what God's calling. Worship is putting your mind and heart back on the Lord. And I don't know if we're always aware of how much we think just about ourselves. We actually get really used to it. And that's because of original sin. We have this void in us, and we're always trying to fill it and work on something, this and that. And the Lord's saying, just look at me, love me, adore me, worship me, and you'll be filled. That's what faith is, putting your faith on him, not on yourself, but in him, and then you'll be filled. You'll be filled with his power. So with that being said, as we look at these beatitudes today, first of all, the word beatitude simply means um, happiness. God's giving us a way of living that will lead us to happiness. Not a happiness that the world would invite us to consider. That would be a fleeting happiness. A happiness that's based on, you know, the ups and downs of the stock market, or my health is good, my health is bad, or my relationships are good, my relationships are bad. Like, um, you know, I like this steak, I don't like this steak. You know, the Huskers win, the Huskers lose. So that kind of happiness is always going to go up and down, right? It's up and down, up and down. But the happiness God is inviting us into is the happiness of his sacred heart, the joy of Jesus, living the joy of the Lord, to be joyful givers, to not be party poopers, to be celebrating our life every day. And Jesus even had a deep joy and peace on the cross because he had his mind and heart not on the world that was passing, but he had his mind and heart on his father who was so in love with him. Our Father who art in heaven. We, we say that at every Mass. You're, you're calling yourself back to righteousness, to be rightly aligned, to be a life lived that's properly focused on our Father. God came into the world, Jesus, to refocus us, okay? So beatitude, think of it, I like to think of the word, I don't know if this is probably the right definition, but I think of the word to have an attitude, so adopting an attitude of the heart of Jesus. 
adopting an attitude and mindset of the mind and heart of Jesus. Paul says in the scriptures in Romans, we must be renewed in our minds. We, we need renewal of the mind. And see, it's not going to affect you if you don't give yourself to it. And that's where faith comes in. You got to give yourself to the mind of Christ. Lord, transform my mind. I need a transformation of my mind and my heart to be in accord with, to be one with your mind and your heart. And so the Beatitudes, it's adopting the mind and heart, the attitudes and heart of Jesus, okay? And if you have that, you're going to be happy. Now think of it like this, just a footnote, a philosophical sort of understanding of, you know, if you drive your car like a bulldozer, if your car could talk, would it be happy? It would be sad. It would say, stop driving me like a bulldozer. I'm a car. If your phone could talk and you used it as a paint scraper, what would your phone say? Would it be happy? No. It would say, please, I'm not a paint scraper. I'm a phone. You know, go, think about anything. The piano. If the piano could talk and I start banging the keys with the hammer. If it could talk, what would it say? Please stop banging on me with the hammer. I'm not meant to be banged on. I'm meant to be played and made music through, okay? What's any different between that and us? If you and I don't think, speak, and act as we're designed, we're not gonna be happy. You can't speak in ways, you weren't created to curse. If you curse, you're not gonna be happy because you're adopting a way of speaking that's against your very nature and design. That's what sin is. It's to go against who you really are. If you think in a way that you weren't created to think, if we adopt a way of thinking that's not of God, that's not in accord with who we are, we're going to spiral downward. You can't adopt a way of thinking that goes against your creation and nature and expect to flourish. You can't think, speak, or act in ways that are against who you and I are and expect to be in beatitude, to be happy, to be satisfied, to be fulfilled. What is John 10.10? I came that you might have life and have it to the fullest. Very good. I came that you might have life and have it to the fullest. God wants you to have fullness of life. He sent his living instruction manual. Jesus, you know when your car... You open up the glove box, you look at the uh, instruction manual, like, oh, what is this? What is that? You learn about what things are through reading the instruction manual. The Bible, the Word, the living Word, Jesus Christ, came into the world to give us instructions. I'm, I'm sure many of you have heard of that Bible, right? B-I-B-L-E, Be beginning instructions before leaving earth. So we need instructions before we leave earth, because when we leave earth, we want to leave glorifying God, not ourselves. The world's about self-glorification, self-help, self-healing. I can do it. There's truth is you can't do it. I can't do it without his power. Yet all things are possible through him, through him, with him, and in him. So looking at these Beatitudes, number one, let's start with, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The word hased in Hebrew, hased means tender compassion. 
God reveals himself as hased. God is love. God is tenderness, compassion, mercy. His greatest attribute, St. Faustina says in her diary, is divine mercy. Divine mercy. We have that image in our chapel. If you look on the side around the tabernacle, there's an image called the divine mercy, right? It says, Jesus, I trust in you at the bottom. So mercy, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. What do we pray in the Our Father? Forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. So you and I will be forgiven to the degree we forgive others. Not that God's withholding anything, but he can't move against your free will. If you don't receive Jesus, you can't give Jesus. If you give 10% of Jesus, that's all you're able to receive of Jesus. If you give 80% of Jesus, you're gonna receive 80% of Jesus and give 80% of Jesus. You give all of Jesus, you're gonna receive all of Jesus. That's why there's a purgatory. Because a lot of us die only giving 40, 50, 60% of Jesus, and we're not ready for heaven yet. If we went to heaven, we wouldn't be ready. We haven't been yet purified, emptied, cleaned out, ready to receive the full 100% of Jesus. And God can't violate our free will. You have a free will, and if we don't cooperate with God, he can't do anything. We, we actually have power to tell God no. That's what sin is, you know, we've all got, you know, here the little kids, no, I'm not doing that, right? We all say no at times, no, no, no. We rebel, We're, we, 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 we live in sin, right? So God wants to deliver us. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So if you wanna be shown mercy, what do you do? Be merciful, be compassionate. Now is giving mercy always easy? No, look at the cross, it's not easy. Sometimes it's very painful to forgive your spouse, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle. But if you really are a believer in Jesus, it's not an option. Feelings don't determine forgiveness. I don't feel like forgiving. Well, if you wait for your feelings, you'll never forgive. If you and I wait for our feelings to get where we want them to be before we make a choice, you're gonna be a mess. Feelings are meant to be guided not to guide us, all right? We gotta guide our emotions, not let our emotions guide us here and there like a roller coaster everywhere, right? Follow, you know, feels good, do it, right? That's an that's a, uh, ingredient for destruction of, of, of happiness, okay? So blessed are the merciful. Next one, blessed are the peacemaker, peacemakers. They will be called children of God. Peacemakers. Who wants to be a peacemaker, right? We want to be peacemakers, right? That doesn't mean, it doesn't say blessed are the nice people. Blessed are nice people. They'll be called children of God. Jesus at times wasn't nice. Anyone that hears a good friend, sometimes you can't be nice to your friends. Anyone that's a good parent, you can't be nice to your kids all the time. Father Michael can't be nice all the time. Jesus wasn't nice all the time. That's, a, that's somewhat of a, I think, an extraction or a, Extrapolation of an overly political, politicized society. Everyone be nice. Basically means you have your ideas, I got mine. Don't tell me what yours are, I got mine. See, I'm my own God, you're your own God. No, there's one God, Jesus. Sometimes Jesus is going to confront me and challenge me through you 
And sometimes he's going to confront you through me, etc. Parents, family, friends. God confronts us. He wants to challenge us. A peacemaker. Now listen. To have peace, you have to forgive yourself. God's forgiven us. We have to forgive ourselves. Confession helps us to forgive ourselves. To receive confession, mercy, grace. One of the biggest challenges I've seen as a priest in my six years of hearing a lot of confessions is people have a really hard time forgiving themselves. You don't have peace in here, you're not going to give peace, right? If I don't have peace in me, how can I give peace to others, right? So if I'm irritable and I'm frustrated and I'm upset because my spouse or my family member or my friends or whoever it is isn't who I want them to be. I'm losing my peace. You know why? Because I'm expecting my husband, my wife, my kids, my pastor, my pope, my bishop, my president, whatever it be, I'm expecting them to be someone they might not be able to be at that time in their lives. But I'm not okay with that, so I'm going to my, my, my happiness is dependent on whether my husband or my wife or et cetera can do this or that for me. You see why we don't have peace? Because we got to put our minds and hearts back on Jesus. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change in the way he loves us. But our spouses do. Family members do. Priests do. Pastors do. Friends do. Coworkers, et cetera. They all change. He's not changing. So anchor yourself on the peace of Christ. Put your eyes and heart on him. Again, forgiveness of self. If you have peace in your own heart, you can give that peace to others, okay? And you'll be called, as it says, a child of God. Okay, blessed are the pure of heart or the clean of heart. They shall see God. What's that one mean? Clean of heart. Well, think of it like this. How can you carry mercy and peace in you if your heart's full of trash? When a trash can's full, what do you do? Empty it. It's not rocket science. When I have a lot of anger and bitterness and resentment because my spouse doesn't love me the way I want him to love me or this or that person doesn't love me or I don't love myself, I'm doing a lot of self-hatred or self-rejection, I'm not having peace. You know why? Because there's a lot of stuff in here that has to go. I like to think of Jesus sometimes as, he's like a plumber. Or he's like a a, a, a garbage man. He comes into our souls and our hearts and he takes out the trash. He unclogs the drain, if you will. He unclogs us. He sets us free. And it's not always fun doing those things because... Trash stinks. Sewage stinks. Sin stinks. But look how much he loves you and I. He came into our sewage, our brokenness, our nastiness. He comes right into it. And he wants to just save us and help us. But we have a free will and we're resisting him. And I would encourage all of you, invite him in. Jesus, be my garbage man. Be my plumber. Set me free. Deliver me. And something God convicted me of Friday night. We had a blaze Friday night. The Lord put it on my heart. He's like, do you want to be a Christian or not? 
I'm asking you that too. Do you want to be a Christian or not? Do you want to be a Christian? Then start driving like one. Start speaking like one. Start thinking like one. Start living like a Christian. Start praying like a real believer. Not just going through the motions, but really enter into what's going on here at this Mass. Uh, as Father Mark and I say, it, what happens here at this altar is not just a nice little memory we have. Or We're not here. This isn't a game. This is not a joke. The bottom line is this. Whether you and I like it or not, if you reject Jesus, you will not go to heaven. That's truth. Whether it hurts or stings or whatever we think, you can't live in sin and go to heaven. We must all repent. Repent. And maybe I need to repent of this. Lord, I've not forgiven myself. Maybe I need to repent of, Lord, forgive me, Jesus, for making my spouse a God when they're not God or whoever it is that you need to repent. We all need to repent, okay? Okay, so blessed are the clean of heart. Let God clean it out, right? And it says what? If you let him clean your heart, you'll see him. You'll see him. You'll see him, okay? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What, is, what do you guys hunger and thirst for? What are you looking forward to after Mass? That's a good way to think about it. What are you looking forward to right after Mass? What, what are you thinking about? What, what makes you keep going? What motivates you? What do you hunger for and thirst for? We hunger and thirst for food and clothing and um, work, um, job. We hunger and thirst for... Uh, uh, entertainment. Um, we hunger and thirst for all kind of stuff. But what do you, what, what keeps you going? What keeps you going in life? Think about that. Have you ever asked that question? What keeps you going in life? Why do you keep going? And if you're just thinking of, well, I have to go because I got to get to work. I got to put money on the table or put food on the table. I need to make money. I got to do this. I got to do that. Well, then I would say you're surviving, but you're not thriving. Who here wants to thrive? I don't want to survive. I want to thrive. He didn't come to say, I came that you might survive life. He says, I come that you might have life and have it to the full. He wants us to thrive. But if you're not serious about being a Christian, if you're not really going to call yourself to accountability, if you're not going to think about, you know what, Michael, I could tell myself, Michael, you won't speak like that anymore because that's not of God. You won't act that way anymore because that's not of God. So we need to call ourselves to the fire. Put your feet to the fire. Where do you stand? Do you believe, would you die for the Eucharist? Would you die for the Eucharist? I would die for Jesus in the Eucharist. I would die for him. I gave my whole life up to be a priest. I would die for him. And that's a question we need to ask ourselves. It's, this isn't a game. Life is way bigger than this little bit of time on earth. So again, stand in it. Lord, here I am. I know I'm not perfect, but you will give me the grace I need to live this out, okay? So what do you hunger and thirst for? It says, hunger and thirst for righteousness, and you'll be satisfied. See, the problem is, guys, is we hunger and thirst for a lot more things than righteousness. Let me explain this. Watch this. If I'm focused on one thing, I'm going to have passion and zeal. If I harness all my passion and zeal and focus it on Christ... I'm going to be filled with passion and zeal. Let's say I divide my passion and desires up to 10 different directions. 
Well, number one, it's not going to be as potent and powerful. And number two, I'm going to feel divided. How many of us could say, I feel divided right now. I'm, I got, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm running all these different directions. And you can only be in one place at one time, yet your mind and heart are divided because you're being pulled in all these directions. Now, this is a question to ask yourself. What is God asking of us? You might be doing a lot of good things, but like, let's say you're a parent and your kids are playing four or five, six sports. Maybe God's saying, I didn't ask you to have your kids play six, five, six sports. I asked him to have you play one sport, but you decided with your free will to do what I didn't ask you to do. And now you're feeling depleted, irritable. Your marriage is falling apart. You're struggling in your family. You don't spend time together anymore. You don't even eat meals together anymore. And, ex and you're expecting to be happy. And you're mad at me as God. Maybe we should step back a minute and say, wait a minute, Lord. Sorry, I was disobedient. I never asked you what you asked me to do. I never sat in the chapel and actually asked God what he wants from me. And by the way, that code, the code on the door to this chapel, 24-7, you come in here and pray. 24-7, you're driving by the church. This chapel, there should be people in here praying all the time. We didn't put the code on the door for no reason. We put it on the door so you guys, when you're driving by, 10, 15 minutes, I'm going to pull in the drive, sit in the chapel, and be with the real one who can give me mercy, peace, grace, clean out my heart, get me ready for my mission, wake up with vision, with focus, not with dispersed, all this stuff out here, but to focus on my mission as a husband, a wife, a, a man or woman of God, to serve him, okay? Now, there's four things St. Thomas says pulls us away from God. Money, pleasure, power, and fame. Money, pleasure, power, and fame. The last four Beatitudes are remedies for each of those. Money. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Basically, it's saying, blessed are you if you're not attached to money. Blessed are you if you're not attached to money. It's not encouraging material poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you if you're not attached to money. Because if you're attached to money, it's going to use you. You're not going to use it. It's going to use you. And you can't worship God and money, the Bible says. So if you're attached to money, it's going to use you. You're not going to use money. It's going to use you. It's going to drive you and move you through your life. You're going to, when the stocks go down, you go down. Stocks go up, you go up. That's not a peace. That's, not, that's a false peace. It's a false consolation, okay? Okay. How, pleasure. Pleasure. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. If you're attached to pleasure, then what? If you're attached to pleasure, you're only going to do what pleases you. And all of us here know, if you're going to live life and be a genuine man or woman of God, you cannot make pleasure your premise for what you do and don't do. In a world that says, if it feels good, do it. That person never really mourns because they're so self-absorbed that they only do what they want to do. 
Someone that mourning is someone that chooses to stay with their spouse in their brokenness when they're on their deathbed. Someone that is at work and someone makes fun of you and you don't like fall and spiral out of control, but you're like, okay, Lord, this is a part of my mission today. How do you want me to stand on this? How do you want me to walk through this storm that I'm having at work? See, someone that, someone that's attached to pleasure, as soon as they don't get pleasure, right, the whole life starts to spin out of control. They start to crumble, right? And we all struggle with these things, but this is an important thing. The cross is a part of our walk. Take up your cross and follow me. Take up your cross and follow me. You're going to have days where you mourn because you're mourning the loss. You're mourning the loss of something that you might want to have but you can't have because you're a follower of Jesus. But let me tell you this. You'll have your Calvary, but there's guaranteed a resurrection. If you try to skip Calvary, there's no resurrection. It's like a team that tries to win, like the Steelers played last week, horrible. You know, it's like a team that tries to win, but they're not really ready or they're not really practiced up. Okay? Okay, money, pleasure, power. What comes against power? Listen, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. The meek. What does it mean to be meek? The world does not... Um, exalt meekness. Jesus was meek. That means he has understanding of other people's frailty, weakness, and brokenness. How well do you handle other people's brokenness, frailty, limitations? Are you okay with the limitations your spouse has, your family, friends, etc., your priest has? Are you okay with limitations? If you're not, you're going to be hard on people. You're going to be very much smacking them. But if you're meek, you're going to be firm and loving, but you're going to be understanding, compassionate. Okay? And then finally, so we have money, pleasure, power, and then fame. Listen to this one. This is a really good one. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Listen to what Jesus says. Rejoice and be glad. Your reward will be great in heaven. Think about this. I'm supposed to rejoice when I'm insulted? I'm supposed to rejoice when I'm persecuted? What's, what's that about? What is he saying? He's saying that you're going to follow him, that you love him more than fame. I love him. I don't want to give up and compromise my relationship with Jesus so I get honor and fame. I don't want to give up my relationship with Jesus so that I can make more money or get more pleasure. I want to still live with my boyfriend or girlfriend, but I want to still follow Jesus. Can't do it can't do it. You're putting yourself in a serious occasion of sin. See, we want to do both. We want to have one foot on this side of the fence and one foot on that side of the fence. And the Lord's saying, you can't do that. And you know what that means? It's decision time, people. It's decision time. 
Are you ready to make a decision today? I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but are you willing to at least align your hearts and minds with the mind and heart of Jesus and accept what he does and challenges us with and say, Lord, I'm not really good at this. I'm, I'm weak, but you're strong and I'm willing to go the mile with you. I'm willing to walk it with you. I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to fall and get up a thousand times if I have to, but I'm not going to throw the towel in and give up. I'm going to keep on keeping on with you. That's the kind of believers Jesus is looking for. This is the kind of faith he's asking of you and I. And you might feel very unqualified. Welcome to the human race. Again, like I said last week, he doesn't call those that are qualified. He equips those he calls. He'll equip you, but you got to take the step out of your little boat and start walking out on the water. If you want to see signs and wonders and miracles and healing and deliverance, if you want that in your life, get out of your boat. Get out of your comfort zone and start walking on the water because he's saying to you, come, follow me. Now, it's a great start. We're here at Mass. But this is just the beginning of this day. So when you leave this church, even before you leave this church, you're going to have to make decisions. And you're going to have to decide to stand firm on the rock who is Jesus. Don't build your house on shifting sand. What happens? When the winds come, the rains come, it will fall. Build your house on solid ground. That's what this teaching is about. Jesus is the rock on which we build our lives. And if you do that, you will have mourning. You will have upsets and brokenness and betrayals. You will not have all the pleasures that you might like to have. But you do have this. You have eternal life. You have the promise that he makes to you and I. So invite you. He invites you. I invite you. I invite myself. We invite ourselves together in Christ today to make that choice. So as we continue Mass, when you're driving by, Come and see the King of Peace. Receive and plug in to Jesus. Recharge and be strengthened in Christ.